0: Yo, what up? It's your girl, Kilowat. I am on my way home from the longest motherfucking day <laughs> ever of all fucking time, man, of all time. It was the longest fucking day. It was so long. Oh, every single one of my trips was stand up only. And uh, the trips between Swan Island uh, 72s are about 15 minutes apart, 12 to 15 minutes apart. And the bus in front of me had to be canceled. So they canceled a run, which if you just miss the other bus, you're going to be waiting about 24 minutes, which for the 72, it's like unheard of. And everybody seemed to make it evidently clear that they were miserably displeased with my performance because of the lateness in their minds of where we were. And I had to decide to not give a fuck. I had to decide I don't give a fuck. If you're mad at me, it's not my fault that you are perceived, uh, that you perceived my arrival as a tardy. I am in a standing room only bus and I am doing the best that I fucking can. So you stomping on my bus doesn't do shit to me. It doesn't do anything for, I'm already fucked, man. I got no lunch breaks. I, got, I was fucking late to everything. And then on top of it, everybody was really pissy. And I was like, what the actual fuck, dude? But I had a topic today that I wanted to discuss that my friend Elliot pointed out. Actually, it was more of a, a question. And I had some time to like mull it over. Well, I mean, I didn't put a whole lot of thought into it today. Mainly because of the fact that I was just like... It was fucking anarchy out there. It was chaos. <laughs> it, was, it was really... It was really bad. It was okay. I mean, the people are great. I love them. We've all been late. We all know what that is. We know how fucking awful it is to be late. And it sucks. And there's nothing that you can do to get rid of it. So once you accept the fact that you're going to be fucking late, it's almost like like a, a level of fucks given are just gone. And it's almost like a relief. Like all the caring that you used to do is now gone, and all the things you have time for now is just living your best life. Like, I don't know, getting to places on time. <sighs> Sorry, I just suck. I am always trying to get places faster. Like, I hauled ass all day today. I've been working my ass off all day. And I had this, uh, this moment where I was like sitting here thinking because there's a cop just said because <laughs> when isn't there a cop when we make fucking podcasts right I was trying to uh think to myself how do I ever get anywhere on time it's just that constant frantic energetic pulse that happens to motivate me to not be fucking I think they call it adrenaline and so that's where I thrive is in adrenaline mode. Like I'm going for it, man. I'm going to fucking hit all the bells and whistles. I'm going to hit every green light. And I'm gonna, if I don't hit the green light, I'm going to find a back road. And then I'm going to get there before you even cross the intersection, which I just did with the 70 that I got stuck behind on 17th. So I'm back. And I was going to read to you the question that Elliot posed to me which is something i was considering uh doing a podcast about anyway there's the theme has the theme has presented itself to me as boundaries. Today i had a woman get on discussing her son, how he doesn't do anything to help her around the house and he lives with her and he eats all her food and he's 22 and So it's it's establishing boundaries. It's part of that growing up process and it's not a comfortable experience. It's never going to be, it's supposed to be uncomfortable because boundaries are there to protect your comfort. So where comfort ends, boundaries begin and a new comfort can settle in and it's important to have it. You have to be comfortable with asserting yourself. Like it used to really be difficult for me to say no to passengers. Like I just didn't know how to say it without hurting their feelings because the perceived rejection from somebody who's making advances toward you uh of of just a desire to be around your energy more and that is incredibly flattering at the same time when you're someone like me who's constantly going and moving and late to something and always busy. It gets, it's, it's hard because I have to, I have to say no. Like if I said yes to every fucking invitation that came my way, I would never get anything done. I would be fucking hanging out drinking coffee with all of Portland. And as much as I love you guys, I don't have time for that. I have shit to do. I'm late. Gotta go get my kid. As of tonight is Brent's birthday and they just went and had dinner and he's being gracious enough to meet me over by the 76 station in Oregon City. So, thank God for that. I'm exhausted. I'm really exhausted. But yeah, I just I don't have time to do all the things and the requests by my passengers and people that I know and that I'm close with. I wish I had all that kind of time. I wish I did, but I don't. And part of the boundary setting that I establish is just the commitment. And I also take note and recognize when people press my boundaries. Like I had to say to passenger Ben today three fucking times, hey Ben, could you do me a solid and not stand there? Because people need to see where they're going. And you're very distracting at this very moment since I am about 10 minutes late on my last run from the day from hell. I know I have to go get my daughter and you're standing here ogling me or oogling like just fucking eyeball fucking me while I'm trying to do my goddamn job dude I don't come to your work and fuck you while you're driving with my eyes that's creepy as shit knock it off Ben knock it off and so he's standing there eye fucking me and trying to talk about god knows what It's not a clear sentence. Anything I get out of this dude was not clear. And I said, look, while I really enjoy chatting, I, I need to get people here on time. And I'm sorry, but you're blocking their vision of what's coming up. So it's clear to them that you're making a pass at me and you're flirting with the bus driver. But that is something that I don't have time for right now. And I need you to sit your ass down in the fucking seat. No, I didn't say it like that. Did I want to? yes, because I said it three fucking times. Hey, Ben, if you could just sit right there. And his excuse was, well, I can't hear you. And I said, well, I'm prioritizing the need for them to see where we're going over your desire to get to know me and flirt with me because that's your desire over 40 other people. So if you could sit your ass down, I didn't say that. I said, if you could sit down, I need to get there and we'll make it happen. But I need you to do it now. Now, mind you, I said that Very specific. Very. He got it. He knew exactly what I meant. Motherfucker gets up again at the town center just to ask me for coffee. And while that, yes, that's very flattering. But I promise you, if I will, if I have any any interest in you whatsoever, I'm going to let you know. I am not an indirect person. I firmly believe it's important to be. Like clear and concise. I like communicating. I'm not gonna beat around the bush if I don't if I if I like you, I'm not beating around the bush. You're gonna know that I fucking like you. I'm gonna make it very obvious. I'm gonna give you my number, or I'm gonna try to connect with you somehow on social media. And at this point, I'm just chilling with my demons, driving to and fro, late as a motherfucker, always trying to get there. And I don't have time to be flirted with. So establishing boundaries became essential, an essential part of my function. I had a passenger named Dim get on my bus drunk today. And I had to tell him three fucking times, yeah, following me is not going to be the move, buddy. It's just not going to be the move. Like, while I appreciate you um, being my passenger and being my friend... This is a purpose of transportation. So when you get on my bus, it is not strictly to socialize. I can't be doing that. I'm busy all the fucking time right now. And as much as I enjoy driving you, and it's a very nice pleasure for me as well to experience a ride with my passengers, we enjoy the simplicity and the fluidity of energy being exchanged between like strangers in our community. And it becomes like a little bit of a cohabitation on the bus because you see the same motherfuckers every day and you know where they're going you know what buses they need to get to you know where they're coming from and it it doesn't help if there's somebody there who needs my attention I have to at some point establish the like the drawing of the line in the sand the boundary so that the comfort of the safe trip can come into play. It's necessary to execute a safe and happy bus ride, and I'm very good at it. So Ben, as much as I appreciated your advances, it is not necessary for you to linger and loiter and follow me around. If I've asked you to sit down three times, I'm not fucking interested in having a cup of coffee with you, dude. I appreciate you as a person. I, I genuinely like you and think you're a cool guy. No, I don't want to date you. And no, if I did have time, maybe, but I don't. So let's try that some other time down the road. But I don't have time for this shit. Best of luck in your endeavors, my dude. I hope you enjoy your life. Get the fuck out of my way. I know that's wrong and it sounds terrible. But at the same time, it is what it is. And I can't stop it. I'm sorry. This is just a truth that has to come to light Sometimes. And yes, it is uncomfortable. And I'm sorry for the rant, but it's important that I got it out because these are the things that we need to express so that we don't feel resentful towards the people in our life that we do allocate time for. Like I'm not going to delegate my time between my child and divvying out different roles to people in my life that I feel are, um, are not valuable. So if I ask anything of you, it's because I trust you. So if you fuck me over and blow me off and give me some bullshit excuse about why you have to cancel because of a fucking garden, I'm going to freak out on you. And I'm sorry if I, if my mother is listening to this, I'm sorry for freaking out on you. But I didn't really freak out. I just kind of spazzed out on you. And it was, it was a little bit raw, but it was truthful. And sometimes truth comes out when you don't express your emotions properly and then when you finally find the words you just word vomit them and it sounds harsh it is harsh it's not sounding it is harsh so my apologies for the brash uh voice message that I sent when you canceled on me but I do depend on people in my life that I trust and if I request something of you it's because I trust you and value you enough to fit you in my life so please don't fuck that up please I will happily show up for you. If you need me, I will be there. But it's gotta be a two way street. It cannot just be this, okay, well, I feel like socializing, so I'm gonna call my daughter. Okay, I feel like that, like, you don't get to just be a mom when you fucking feel like it. Like, I don't get to just decide when I'm off work that I don't, I just had this horrible ass day. That I don't want to drive all the way to Beaver Creek to get Braylon simply because I don't want to wake up early in the morning and drive her all the way to Beaver Creek again because God knows her dad's never going to take turns or help me out in that way because he's selfish. He is very selfish. This position that I've been placed in where I'm totally like looking for anything and I'm in this weird predicament is is a lot to do with the fact that he did not communicate properly that he fully intended on moving the fuck on and he moved on way too fast i deserved a much better goodbye This entire thing is incredibly uncomfortable for me, and it's going to take me a really long time to get over that feeling of betrayal, but for now, I'm just doing the best that I can, showing up for my kid every fucking day that I can be there, and that's what you should be doing, mom. I need you to do that for me because you are one of the very few people that I trust, and I need you to show up sometimes when it's not convenient for you. When it's really not convenient for you, I need you to show up because it shows me that you actually love me and that I'm not just a, like, an, a, like a, a commodity, an accommodation to your fucking life. I'm not an amenity, dude. I'm a fixture. I am here. And you act like I don't, I don't exist half of the year and then pop in when you're fucking ready. And it doesn't work like that. That's just, I'm sorry. It's just very fair weather parenting. And it's bullshit. So I'm sorry for the rant, but that is the buildup of emotions that have not been said aloud in a clear and concise, conscious sentence. And so it's finally out, and I've released the energy of that moment. <sighs> and now we can turn our attention toward the question my friend Elliot sent me. Uh, just one moment. it to the messenger. So Elliot asks me, God damn, how many messages do I need to get in one fucking day, man? I know I'm hard to reach, but don't blow up my shit. I'm already stressed. I'm trying to do what I do. Let me be myself. Let me be the fucking weirdo that's strange. Don't harass my inbox unless you like actually have legitimate plans for us. Like if you got, yo, next Wednesday, 2.30, you and me. That's why James and I hang out because he's like that. He knows that I'm fucking busy and he, sh- he shows up when I'm free and he knows that it's fucking rare and he knows it's very frustrating to reach me, but that does not mean he will never be able to reach me. He just keeps trying and that's the shit I need. I need persistent friends. Okay, check this out. Him and Lisa both. I tell you what. So he says... Ah, just suck. I got to fucking drive. Ah, I got to drive. I hate driving. Thank God I'm not driving all the way to Beaver Creek. That could be worse. Silver linings. Silver linings. I feel like I've literally made mad time this entire trip. I'm so fucking lucky. (sighs) Not lucky, just blessed. That's the truth right there. Very blessed. I am. Um... Alright, so you're just gonna hang with me for a sec until we get to the 76 station, because I gotta read this out loud. Oh, God, it's so difficult to uh, navigate a traffic circle at night when you're not familiar with the area. Okay, I made it. 76 station! I made it! I didn't die! We are here! Ta da! Good thing I'm driving right next to a cop on my phone. Nice job, Kayla. <laughs> just that. Okay. Oh, thank God. I'm so fucking tired, man. I'm so tired. Alright, I might run inside really fast and grab some beer because I don't want... Ah, fuck, he's already here. Alright, never mind. Just kidding. I'm not going inside. Um... how are you Kayla? You seem like someone I should ask a question of. I'm trying to learn better boundaries. I'm encountering thoughts and about how it respect boundaries and those things interplay with self-esteem. So how does boundaries respect, uh, interplay with self-esteem? Would you mind sharing your opinion about this? Hi, Angel. What's up, girl? How are you? I kind of cleaned it after Nicky. I did. It's not totally thrashed. How are you doing? So now I can actually get. Wait, I gotta get this seat. I gotta get the booster seat. Just then. Do I really need? The booster? You need the booster seat until you're at least 11 or at least 75. Wait, to 85 what? pounds. I think you have to be 85 pounds. You have to be 85 years old. 85 pounds, not oh. 85 years old. Crazy girl. How are you? I missed you. What's up, girlfriend? I lie your face. Yo, what up? It's your girl Killua. I'm back. So obviously, I had to, pa- like, pause um, my previous podcast that I've been meaning to do. <clears throat> I've done some re- some research, and I didn't want to deliver that in the midst of you know visiting with Braylon, and I didn't want to confuse her, or get her wrapped up in my like studies like it's not it's my focus it's not hers um you have to forgive me if I'm like shivering because I'm sitting outside and it's cold as fuck but I wanted to talk about the connection between the ability to place boundaries self-esteem self-respect respect of others but it really just gets down to mindfulness. Like, that's where it really starts. And sometimes we can be completely, it's actually incredibly common. One of the main reasons why the Saturn return is so important, which is something that K2 is going through, like, right now, um, based off of what I could see, <coughs> why she's going through an identity crisis, which I'm guessing has to do with a Capricorn moon. But it mainly depends on where she's born and, like, her time of birth, which I'm way better than speculating. I know it's impossible to do, so I'm just sort of guessing. But there is, um, and this is a tangent, there is a scene in this movie Tarzan, okay? And I love it. It's like the new Tarzan that they did recently, the most recent Tarzan. And you take two separate characters. And I remember when I Brett and I were arguing on the phone back and forth. When this all sort of came out. And I realized what was happening. And I was so fucking angry. God damn it. Nala. If you try and open that door one more time. I will fight you. This cat is trying to open the front door. And it's funny. I think the reason why she has so many issues mentally. Is because she's meant to be an outdoor cat. And she's an indoor cat. She just wants to get the fuck outside. <coughs> pardon me and so I'm gonna smoke because that's what I do when I'm outside god she's strong she's got I bet you anything she's got heavy Scorpio. but anyway Brett and I were arguing about uh, what the situation really was and he was like no that's not what this is and I said okay It is entirely possible for two people to have a completely different narrative of the story based off their own personal perception. Like, there's no way that we're going to come to a mutual ground because neither one of us wants to see ourselves as the asshole. And I'm the first one to stand in line and say, look, I've been a dick. Because I've already been there. I've already done the fucked up shit. And I've already looked back and been like, yeah, that was me being an asshole. The difference is there is a place in time where he absolutely refuses to look at it. And that's his 12th house son. And so we were arguing on the phone. And I was like, I just don't understand how the fuck you could do this to our family. Like, I don't understand how you could do this to us right now. I don't get it. Like, this is the worst time for you to do this. And you're just going... Off the edge into your own little fucking neverland. And I was so mad. And he was still like pretending to be there for me. And like texting me and stuff. And then eventually at some point. I'm sure she became more prominent in his life. And then it was like ghosting. And that was fine. Because I knew it was coming. Because there's that part of me that knows shit. And it's really annoying. But as soon as I heard her name. I started to laugh. Because I knew. (laughs) I knew. I was like oh my god of course <laughs> because he's so unaware of his own shit that he literally like, would replace me with someone with the same fucking name He may he may not have done it consciously of course it's actually more likely he did it unconsciously but what he's trying to do is recreate a part of his life where somebody was unconscious to allow him to continue this form of expertise uh ignorance where you're just unmindful like you don't ever check into yourself if you could continue to be blind and numb then why wouldn't you if that works for you if that's their 12th house son then at some point you're gonna be like fuck it i'm just gonna continue this shit with a different kayla i'm gonna get her before her saturn return and then i'm gonna nail her to my because saturn is sticky You want to talk about Saturn, Saturn sticks, man. You want to stay with someone for a long time, get with them during their Saturn return or some type of Saturn transit. That's a sticky ass placement. And so mind you, he doesn't know anything about all this shit, but he is intuitively intelligent. Like he, his gut is on point. Like there'd be times where we'd be at like a party and out of nowhere, he'd be like, we got to go. And I'd be like, what the fuck? Like, it just got fun. Why? It just got fun. And then fast forward 15 minutes, everything's gone to shit. And we are already in the car on our way out. Because that dude's intuition is on point. But he doesn't see it because it's in his 12th house. And it is about overcoming that type of ignorance in his life. That is a straight up theme that I saw on his chart. And so I've been looking at charts and associating, like, different themes with respect and personal boundaries so my mind is like a total clusterfuck of information i think when brett and i first got together i was like obsessed with uh, serial killers so i had like this whole encyclopedia of serial killers and child but more specifically because of autism i like to hyper focus on one area so before I got into the full scope of astrology, I went right to Vedic astrology and then Western astrology and it just sort of conglomerated itself together in this giant mod podge of knowledge, which is annoying because I can intuitively look at a lot of different things and it's great, but it also puts me at a huge disadvantage because I fumble over the words. And so... To risk any more rambling, and I'm sorry, I know it sounds like I'm just drunk rambling, um, I wanted to touch base on where I was in the process of understanding, so tying it back to this uh, Tarzan thing, okay, sometimes the greatest gift that the universe or God or source can give you is the perception, okay? What does Saturn represent? It represents bone, teeth, structure, time, restriction, suppression. It's also associated with BDSM, which makes me laugh because that bitch posted some shit about being a bottom, and I was like, whatever. <laughs> like, I already knew that. I already knew Brent would be the dom. It's like, it's so obvious. It's so clear to me at this point, and I've already seen it. Like, I already know where that is coming from. And it's hard because I can't put it into words. And I have to sit back and be like, okay, so how do I take this beautiful piece of information that I've extricated from a shit show and put it into words to answer my friend Elliot's question? So after I sat back and I took all my research of BDSM and different levels of, um, I guess it's like psychological suppression or um, repression is what they call it that's associated with pluto or 12th house matters and remembering so when i get into this intuitive state i get flashes because i don't think in words i don't hear my own voice my inner monologue i just see pictures and that's classic for a lot of people on on the spectrum Which is why it explains why I can just find things. Like, I know that I have an eyelash upstairs in my box next to my closet. Like, it's stupid as fuck. Uh, It does nothing productive in the grown-up world. So, don't think it's, like, a a benefit. Um, If anything, I get hung up on detail. But it's that moment where I can see... This image of Tarzan and the look and while I have issues with understanding facial expression, I can understand energetic release and so there's a moment where he like if you're a really good actor, if you're a really good actor, you have the ability to energetically push out an energy and that's what makes a really good actor because they fucking anybody near you like literally feels and revels in the energy that you're pushing out to the mass okay Jacob is an incredibly good actor so is Braylon and they don't even know it it's great I love I love watching my children grow and when I watched that scene from Tarzan mind you like this is all gonna tie together so just like hang out with me for a second when I watched that scene from Tarzan There was this look of understanding that swept across his face. And this correlates to the conversation I had with Brent where I said, it is entirely possible for two people to have two completely different narratives even after living the same experience. Okay? The truth is him and I never saw each other because I over-idealized him, because I didn't understand myself when I first met him, because at the time that I met him, I was running from something far greater than him. I was running from a childhood, likely with an autistic parent who didn't understand how to express her emotions and had to withdraw and pull back, and and went through periods of shutdown. And they would call it neurotic, but the reality is she just went undiagnosed, and nobody knew what the fuck was going on with her. The reason why my brother and I get along so well is because we were both raised by women like them, like our mothers. There's a reason why our dad fell in love with these women. Because they had something in common, okay? I'm like an autism magnet. Like, people on the spectrum find me, love me, know me, want to be around me, have to be with me. They have that hyper-focus. They see that there's, like, glimmer. It's hard to explain, but it's there. A lot of people on the spectrum are incredibly intuitive. So they don't understand the things that they're feeling or why. But they the tendency to hyper focus is also associated with stalking, and that is scary. Because a lot of times these women and men get misdiagnosed, and they don't have the ability to understand that the medication isn't working because it's not meant for them they need to do sensory work they need to do cognitive behavioral therapy and they need to be able to change your perception of reality and so when we tie back to Tarzan there's a scene in Tarzan where initially he had to revisit the man who killed his mother aka his his ape mother uh, who was murdered by a hunter in the Congo who was a local tribesman who was the leader of a tribe in the hunters. And the reason why they murdered her is because she killed his son. Now, his son was sent out by the tribe to kill an ape as a rite of passage. So this ties down to societal structure and how one is to act, okay? So put a pin in that, we'll circle back. When it comes down to the belief system of how one is to act in a romantic relationship, a lot of the times what we have in ourselves is ingrained by Disney, by media, by our parents, their belief systems, religion, misogyny is very heavy. Mm -hmm. (coughs) I think a lot of people that are into BDSM have a lot of issues with misogyny, but that's a personal belief. I haven't seen that anywhere else. Uh, Because the divine feminine is incredibly fierce. The divine feminine is Lilith. It's a Lilith archetype. And so when I saw that video on Tarzan, that movie, that scene, where Tarzan went to kill the the father who murdered his mother, he witnessed the anguish and the pain across the face of a father who lost his son and he understood that the connection was so strong he had the connection to his mother the father had the connection to the son if you're looking for yin and yang that shit doesn't get any fucking better than that right yin and yang that's what Brent and I always said we were that's what bothers me about this whole thing is that he took what made us so perfect and he made it so ugly he was like we're nothing alike we have nothing in common we don't want the same things and I said it's about balance man you may want a sub you may want a sub okay but you desire a dom and it's not because I desire to dominate you because that ties to psychological issues truthfully it does is a lack of control in your personal life. It's a lack of direction. It's a lack of clarity. You're not able to fully tap into the flow of which you desire to disassociate. We have a lot of trauma from being raised in a society that didn't want us to be ourselves. I mean, God forbid we be feminine and like sex. God forbid... We'd be feminine and be able to fuck shit up. God forbid we'd be masculine and, and cry or feel anything like fear or uncertainty. That's a, there's, ignorance is such a strong form of misogyny and it's so bewildering to me. I don't know why you would ever choose a line in the sand that was led by ignorance. I would always pick the more conscious energy so being mindful helps combat uh, a directed pattern flow toward misogynistic tendencies so being in BDSM yes that will lead you to that but it doesn't mean that's bad it means you're expressive and explorative and you are open that's great I think that's great I participated in a lot of it I think it's fine at the same time, I I've witnessed the line in the sand, and I know where it, I know where it leads, and I see it as an objectification and a compartmentalization of raw emotion that people refuse to deal with. It's a lack of control because they don't know what to do with the rest of themselves that they cannot compartmentalize. Just that. And so, when you go back to the scene in Tarzan, he goes to murder the father, and he sees the face of the father, and he realizes that this is the same man whose son was killed by his mother, because he remembered seeing that too, when his son tried to kill his mother, but because of his own personal knowledge and mindfulness and conscious awareness of being part of the other side he realized that the only reason why his son was sent out, he was just a scary little boy trying to fit the expectations of society and the structures that held up around him. He had no other choice than to kill his mother. So when Tarzan killed the boy, there was a rivalry that formed between the father and Tarzan but the difference is they weren't angry at each other they were just angry that they lost the people they loved they were only angry that they weren't able to continue the relationship of love and growth and acceptance and who we are as people because of a lack of boundaries and perspective so when Elliot came to me today and it's silly but when he came to me today and he asked me it wasn't today but today is the day I chose to address it When he came to me and he asked me about boundaries and respect and relationship, all of this, the reason why it's so complicated, Elliot, is because it all intertwines into how you see yourself and how confident you are in yourself. How well do you know yourself? How mindful are you? The reason why BDSM is so intriguing is because it allows you to tap into a state of flow. If you're especially unconscious in this life, there is a state of flow in BDSM and the action and the sensory output and input that comes into play when it comes to sexual orgasm, okay? And when you get into that, that thrill and that intense heightened peak of, of uh, mindfulness, you can find that by being mindful of who the fuck you are. You can find that by being mindful of where the fuck you came from. But first, you got to be honest with yourself. And so sometimes it's easier just to go put a fucking choke ball in your mouth and go play the game. And then you can play the flow. But the truth is, you can reach flow in any other way. If you're, if you're a pro at disassociating, which I am, getting into a bus... And being in the flow of traffic and reading energy patterns and knowing when sequences are going to play out so that you can prevent any catastrophe and looking at the broad scope being a Sagittarius stellium, I step into my power and I own it like a fucking Scorpio. But I'm a Sag because I see fucking everything. And I tap into the flow. In my past life, so wherever your south node is placed in your chart, You've already mastered that. So in my past life, I already mastered myself. I'm already very good at that. I'm so good at that. In fact, I go back to that because it's safer. It's easier to just be alone. What's harder is facing the truth and facing a union. It's a desire. So no matter what, I'll never rid myself of this intense desire to be part of a union And a a sacred union underneath God and source and whatever spirituality you subscribe to. But the truth is, it's the energy that flows within all of us. So there's a part of me that just wants that. I want that. And it's in Taurus, which is ruled by Venus, which rules my entire fucking chart. So it is everything inside of me that I want which is why I was so upset when this whole thing went down. Because honestly, I was telling my friend today, I said, this isn't anything I would have ever seen. Like I said, I'm so frustrated. I'm so mad that I can't just let go. I'm so angry that I can't just let go of this and just be fine. Like, why is it hurt? Why does this hurt? Why does it take so long? Why can't I just be free? that she was especially sweet to me. And I'm bust because last night I was on the same line as her. She was my follower on the same fucking line. We didn't plan this shit. She was on the same line as me. And her name is Glory and i love her cuz she's just honest like i think very much so she's on the spectrum as well i think there are a lot of people that are on the spectrum that are undiagnosed because it's such a broad thing like especially people that are good at blending in if you have a high level of intellect and you are good at recognizing patterns you're you're probably really close to that i think it's a different level of thinking and i think that it's the way that our brains are wired so there are a lot of people that are overstimulated and they call them empaths okay But what they forget is that we're all empathic on a certain level and we're all narcissistic on a different level. And there's a point in time where we're able to identify ourselves as one or the other. And so Glory looks at me and she says, look, you're being too hard on yourself. You got to love yourself and you have to understand that I heard, however long we were together... It takes one full month to be able to process that pain and release it. And so she said, you and Brent broke up in November. Rather, October is when the big breakup happened. And then it started to escalate and I realized more about it. But of course, perspective. Everybody has a different narrative. He broke up with me in November. November. But he was talking to her in October. Now, that matters to me because I have a lot of integrity things. Like, I have a lot of issues with details and what matters. So, if someone knew what they were doing was wrong, if they omit anything, it's fucking wrong. I don't see that as any other way. It's very black and white thinking. Like, somebody asked me today, and I think I, after retrospect, like, I was, like, replaying... Sometimes when I'm confused about different interactions, I'll replay a scenario and I have an audible memory so I can hear the phrases replayed. And so I'll hear it and it says, do you like metal? And my fucking black and white brain was like, oh, well, actually, I prefer woodwork. I like uh, wood burning art. I prefer to do sculptures with wood. I just like the element of earth. I love trees and he was asking me if I liked metal as in music, but I didn't get that at the time. And it was, it was funny because there was a moment where he had to get that. And then he shifted the conversation. He goes, yeah, I used to be a welder. I totally appreciate that. And at the same time, it sheds a lot of light on my own personal experience with people in general. I'm very one or the other. And so it's hard. It's hard for me. So I was replaying that situation and I realized that for the most part, there's a lack of understanding uh, and being able to integrate my perception into this world and other people's perception of this world based off of how we were raised by society and the structures around us. And we're having a factor in misogyny, racism, spirituality, mindfulness, consciousness, and it's so complicated. So when Elliot came to me with that simple question of how do you associate spirituality with self-respect and self-esteem. And so what I would say to Elliot and my advice, okay, when I drink, I get ambitious and I'm like, I'm going on a date. I'm doing this. So when people message me, I'm like, hell yeah, let's go. But when I'm mindful and when I'm consciously aware of the fact that I'm just not ready, I'm not ready. I pull back because I understand that this is a, an opportunity for me to jump into another distraction. And what I need to be is mindful. I need to be aware of how I feel at every moment during this time. I need to trust myself again. Because when somebody that you thought would never betray you, that you thought would always be there and, and acted so out of your own personal knowledge of their character and outside of your personal predictions of how they would behave when they do a full 360 and they prove you wrong above and beyond to the point where you're having to watch this parade of them falling in love on social media and knowing that you're being subjected to being cyberstalked. Like I posted three videos with a particular order of hashtags and six hours ago, that bitch posted the same exact hashtags with the same exact users. And it was like, dude, this is obvious. And then on top of that, it's like, I already know, like, I don't know how I know, but I know that that bitch listens to my fucking podcast in the shower. Cause that's the, the thing that I do when I, and we have to be similar in a, in a way. Okay. We have to be. And what I like to do is listen to my podcast in the shower. That's where I go to fully unleash. So if she is an identified sub, which I did for a bit. That feeling of being able to tap into disassociating or getting into the flow and just completely letting go of everything. You'll find that also in the shower. So I get in the shower when I feel. And Braylon does the same thing just naturally because she doesn't feel good. She doesn't shower. So. My guess is, she listens to my podcast in the shower. There's a reason why there's hell hath no fury every time I post a fucking podcast and mention her here. So, it, I, I wish that they knew that when people subscribe to my podcast, I can see the subscribers. And it's easy to do a quick internet search and a background check to find out who subscribed to your shit. If you get really into it, if you hyperfocus like I do... Because I was a computer science major. You go into the fact that you have different IP addresses... Which is why I would know when Brent would hack into my bank account... And know when he would fuck with my shit. And it's one of the main reasons why I knew that Alexa was fucking with the accounts. But I digress. I know she listens to my podcast in the shower. And it's fucking irritating. Because honestly... As much as you want to hate me, as much as you want to say all these things, you have to understand if you set yourself aside and you were actually mindful of the fact that you walked into a life where a woman, whether you knew it or not, was actively in love. Like when you came into the picture, I helped him clean the chaos that was the house. Because when things are in shambles, yes, the relationship was not good, When things are in shambles mentally and emotionally, spiritually, the exterior is going to match that. So that's why you see hoarders that have these things, okay? Yes, I do think that you and him are a better match. Please know that. Also recognize and respect the fact that you've come into my life and replaced me completely. I've been pushed out tenfold. My daughter, I get to see less of. And on top of that, the first day that she went to school, I didn't get to take the pictures. I didn't get to get her ready. Even though I wanted that, I asked for that. And I was pushed aside. Now, why do you feel so entitled to my child? I was the one that gave birth to her. She's my daughter. Why do you feel that she is yours? Please ask yourself that. I genuinely want to know why you feel so entitled to my kid and why you think that it's okay to come into this life and tell me that I'm a narcissist and I'm the dickhead and I'm cyberbullying you, but you're doing the same shit to me, dude. So at some point you have to step back and ask yourself, maybe she's not all the way wrong. I think that there is a life in the gray I think that we all live in a life of great. And I think that there are times where if we were more mindful, we could collaborate and like cohabitate. I would love for that to happen. But there's a larger part at play right now that seems to be fairly accurate when it comes to labeling people. Sorry, did I wake you up with my podcast? Oh, you're just doing can. Sorry. Have a good night. And so when it came down to it, I was looking at the question that Elliot sent me and he asked me about self-esteem, self-reflection, boundaries. And it's true. When I came into my own personal power and I was uh, not being subjected to a place where I was idolizing someone over myself, where I wasn't misplacing my power, I had to Come into a place where I also establish firm boundaries. Boundaries are the things that that allow people to treat you the way that they do. There's a reason why I'm consistent. Consistency is so important. So when Elliot asked me, well, if I want to sleep with someone and I want to go down that route, how do I establish boundaries? You need to ask yourself the things that are important to you. I do not want anyone to meet my child. She has already been so confused by this whole thing where they have fucking matching outfits. And this bitch is like, oh, is this your first time getting a pedicure? And then like hashtag whatever. Like, I don't care. But it's a clear lack of boundaries on her part where she's so comfortable overstepping boundaries. Because everything for her is just a little fuzzy, and that's heavy Neptune. So I want to say there's some Pisces in her chart. I want to say Mercury is in Pisces. And so I'm sitting here evaluating this simple question, and it's so complicated. And the truth is that unless you're being completely mindful, Elliot, unless you're aware of where you're coming from, What is your desire and drive to have a relationship? How does that apply to you as a person? And why is that there? What is your need? Why do you have that focus? Because I'll tell you right now, unless you're mindful and unless you're consciously aware of what you want in this life and how you're going to get it, like goals, hashtag life goals, you're never going to reach hashtag couple goals. You're never going to be a fucking power couple because you got to figure out what you want. What do you want? How are you going to get it? they're both life path number eight. So they're both subjected to looking for the other to come through with the power. I'm life path. Number one, ironically, Brent and I were a very good match. However, my desire to have personal power was always going to supersede his desire to fucking flow. And so that's ironic, but he would flow into BDSM, which is where he probably found her. And that's how they meshed. That's my personal opinion. Anyway, in order to establish personal boundaries, you have to believe in yourself and you have to know that you deserve to be treated with respect. And you get that when, when you're a child. So if you had a hard upbringing, you have to understand where the fuck that came from. That's why when Brent gets so mad at me asking him, why, what was your childhood like? And I had all these questions because I was genuinely curious to know him. And he was so quick to just like put a band aid over it and brush over it. Bitch, I highly recommend you to ask him about the time his mother locked him out of the house and told him he couldn't fucking live there anymore. I bet he didn't fucking tell you that shit. I bet he made it sound like it was all fucking picture perfect. And it's not. So if you just want to talk shit about me, you continue. Go ahead. Cyberstalk me. Go for it. But at this point, I'm done putting my energy out there. I'm, I'm walking into a place now where I feel like I'm far enough away where I can get into that flow again, where I can just be myself and I'm going to do myself 110%. So I wish you all the best, Elliot. I hope this answered your question to some degree. I'll tag you in it. I love you guys. Sweet dreams. I got to go to bed. All right.